Welcome to episode 57, The Truth About Free Stuff. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as socialism, i.e. free stuff, comes up, or cryptocurrencies, religious liberty, the census, or even earnings disparity in professional soccer, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a minute and scroll down on the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for that link. The easiest way to stay up to date on the podcast is to subscribe to it on iTunes or Google Play Music. It's also available on Stitcher, Spotify, and podbean.com. The video version of the podcast are available on YouTube and at bitshoot.com. And of course, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. I have to be honest with you, I'm a little embarrassed that I felt compelled to publish this episode. How did we get to a place in America where people fall for this free stuff chant from politicians? How many decades ago do we have to go where the majority of Americans would have laughed out loud in the face of a politician that offered them something for free? Instead, we are faced with an entire political party whom at last count had over 20 people vying for the presidential candidate nomination, all of whose most persuasive argument for voting for them, to some extent or another, is their promises to give voters free stuff. Free health care for you. Free health care for illegal immigrants. Free college for you. Free college for illegal immigrants. Free abortions. Free abortions for illegal immigrants. Free lifetime health care for migrant children free entry into the United States via open borders, free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free dental coverage. These people are experts at two things. Number one, pandering. And number two, spending other people's money on other people. Buying votes with other people's money is as low as it gets. And I would be remiss if I didn't make the point that the federal government's involvement in health care and or education and abortion is all unconstitutional, which should end this discussion, but that's only in my dreams. I mean, heck, we have unconstitutional minimum wage increases that are set at arbitrary levels. We have minimum salaries for teachers decried by one candidate. We have proposals for unconstitutional down payment assistance programs. We have proposals to pay off student loans. I guess their plan is just to pay off the debt first, and that if that doesn't bankrupt the country, then offer people free college. If you ask me, these Democrats need to get more creative with their generosity with other people's money. Why not free child care? Or free rent. I mean, Kamala Harris has that one covered with her subsidy scheme, the Rent Relief Act. How about we pay off people's car loans? Or, no, no, credit card balances. Oh, let's go with clothing. Let's get free clothing, utilities, hell. All of that is just thinking too small. Let's just pay off everyone's mortgage. Free stuff for everyone. It is beyond me why people want more government involvement in their lives. I just don't get it. As much as I dislike Paul Ryan for his lack of courage in pursuing the principles that he espoused on the campaign trail with, as Romney's VP candidate, one quote from him describing Obamacare has always stuck with me. He said Obamacare would deliver health care with the efficiency of the DMV and the compassion of the IRS. That is what the government as a whole does anytime it does anything. Pick any government program or agency and tell me it isn't bloated, inefficient, and ineffective uncompassionate. No private company could stay in business if it was run like any federal agency. As the name of this podcast indicates, we are in the pursuit of truth, 
And the truth is, there's no such thing as free stuff. I'm sorry to disappoint some of you out there. Daniel J. Mitchell put it this way, There's no such thing as a free lunch, but there are lunches that are financed by others. This something-for-nothing mentality is damaging to the country. It's disgraceful, but most of all, it's delusional. Anthony Davies and James Harrigan, writing for the Foundation for Economic Education, said this, If there is one eternal and immutable fact in economics, it is that nothing is free. Nothing. And no quantity of political promises, wishful thinking, or government policy can change that. They continue their discussion about the dangerous and seductive ideology of something for nothing with this. When politicians promise all sorts of free things, it doesn't occur to many of us that things can't possibly be free. It doesn't occur to us that politicians will tell us whatever it takes to get a hold of our votes. Don't be so gullible. When you hear Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders tell you how health care and higher education will be free for everyone, remember that health care and higher education cannot and will never be free. So whatever you're talking about, whether it's a free t-shirt that my son came home with after his freshman orientation, or a free lawnmower that one neighbor gives to another, or a buy one get one free promotion at a retailer, or even a free car won at a charity raffle, none of that stuff's free. The recipient may have got something without coming out of pocket, but someone paid for it. My son's free t-shirt is covered by the tuition, room, and board, and the host of other miscellaneous fees that I just paid the school. The lawnmower was paid for by the original owner, and even if he stole it to begin with, the merchant paid the wholesaler for it. It's not free. The stuff you get on buy one, get one free offers is not free. You just get an additional item after paying for the first one. The free car in the raffle is not free. It is, was likely donated by the dealership in return for so-called free publicity. But the publicity is not free. They donated a car that they first purchased from the manufacturer and then handed it over to the charity. So the portrayal of free stuff is itself childish and immature. It's short-sighted and unethical to make these proposals. It definitely demonstrates politicians' lack of real solutions to their constituents' needs. It demonstrates a lack of imagination and ingenuity. It's a skeptical approach to politics. Making your constituents beholden to the government is cynical, crippling, and limiting. It demonstrates a tremendous amount of disrespect and contempt for your constituents. All I have to do is promise them free shit and they vote for me. What a bunch of idiots. You can't convince me in a million years that Democratic strategists and candidates don't talk like that behind closed doors. But hidden in that last sentence is the key to the Dems' ability to peddle this message of free stuff. See, a large portion of the Democratic Party's voter base do not pay federal income taxes. And since they are not on the hook for paying for it, and the Democrats have sowed the seeds of envy, jealousy, and resentment, these voters are receptive enough that you've got 20 people running for the presidency giving away everything. Everything's free. The biggest takeaway I hope that you will get from this episode is the idea that offering free stuff is immoral. I subscribe to the libertarian concept known as the non-aggression principle. Don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. And that includes taking my money and giving it to somebody else. Peter Schiff put it this way, the truth about free stuff, or better put, stolen stuff, is that, quote, advanced auction on stolen goods. I'm with Daniel J. Mitchell when he wrote, I don't want America to turn into Europe, with people thinking that they have a right to a wide array of goodies paid for by someone else. In episode 31, The Truth About Socialism, part 1, I had this to say. The message and result of socialism is immoral. 
The message plays on the worst instincts of mankind. Envy, jealousy, greed, resentment, redistribution of wealth, promises of free stuff, forcibly taking from one and given to another. You do that on the playground or a public park, and you get your ass kicked or thrown in jail. You tell people that they are entitled to other people's stuff in order to buy votes, and the result is these very same politicians build a fiefdom where only the th elite thrive. It's disgusting. It's happening in America today. Free stuff sounds good, free college, free healthcare. It sounds compassionate and virtuous, but this part of the message not only plays on the entitlement component of the brain, but it plays on the ignorance of the people who fall for this rhetoric. This is really what's at the heart of socialism. These politicians who advocate for it don't give a damn about you. If they did, they would tell you the truth about what their policies are going to result in. They drive you to resent and hate your fellow citizens, to feel entitled, to be jealous. Is that moral? They claim that those who disagree with them do not have any compassion. No, actually, we have a lot of compassion. We are just unwilling to turn the definition over to people like you. You do not have the moral or legal right to take from me and give to others as you see fit, and in so doing, obtain incredible amounts of power and control. We have a moral obligation to take care of others. It should be decentralized down to the local level, not centralized in Washington, D.C. So related to the morality question, calls for free stuff will result in a moral hazard of mob rule. Why is that? Because there will always be more people willing to take than give. It's easy for politicians to play on the envious human nature, whereby I deserve free stuff paid for by all those other people who are better off than me. Thomas Sowell once said, In the modern welfare state, a vote becomes a license to take what others create, and these others include generations yet unborn. The other moral hazard we face from the Free Stuff Brigade was outlined by former governor of Louisiana, Bobby Jindal, in a recent op-ed. He said, quote, Becoming dependent on government is the American nightmare. Free means more government control at the expense of consumer autonomy. When progressives promise government will pay for health care and college, they are really saying government will run medicine and higher education. Free means less efficiency, more expense, and lower quality. Free means robbing from America's children. Why does Jindal reference children? Because we are spending their money. How do I know we are spending their money? Have you seen the budget deficits and the national debt numbers? Our government ain't paying cash. We are using a big old national credit card. Who do you think is going to pay this current generation's debt bill? The next one, of course. Higher taxes, higher inflation, lower standards of living, more money going to pay down debt incurred today. As Jindal points out, the cries for free stuff is just another way to grow government's power and government spending, which equates to lower growth in the economy. Call it the crowding out effect or the picking of winners and losers rather than allowing the free market to drive decision making. A quick review of historical economic growth rates tells the story. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, annual GDP growth post-World War II averaged around 3.4%. During the Bush and Obama years, with outrageous rates of government spending and debt accumulation, we averaged around 1.6%. And so far, the Trump era GDP is coming in right around 2.5%. So in other words, economic growth is barely keeping pace with the inflation rate. Democratic socialists and free stuff peddlers are quick to put capitalism on trial in order to persuade people that they offer a better alternative. But what is rarely discussed is the fact that we don't have a full-blown capitalistic economy. We have a heavily regulated system. Government, both federal and state, have their heads so far up the asses of businesses that many must resort to playing the game of greasing the skids, 
i.e. crony capitalism, lobbying, or corporatism. My retort to anyone who blames capitalism for our problem is to ask, where is capitalism being practiced? After all, these same people use a similar line of reasoning when their sacred socialism is attacked. When someone argues that socialism has failed every single time it's been tried, it's failing miserably in Venezuela, Cuba, North Korea, it's failed in the Soviet Union and its satellites like Romania and Czechoslovakia, Fabian socialism in Britain failed, it failed in Argentina and India, it failed in Greece, Cambodia, Ethiopia, Tanzania, and Uganda. Yet despite the 100% failure rate, despite it resulting in private property seizures, shortages of basic goods and medical supplies, hyperinflation, political suppression of opposition, rigged elections, pollution, and the deaths of tens of millions of people due to war, starvation, assassination, genocide, disease, and neglect, advocates will still argue it hasn't been done correctly. Well, guess what? Neither has capitalism. And capitalism doesn't result in death. Those of you who are astute consumers of news know that this new breed of democratic socialism often points to Scandinavia as the model for their type of socialism. I found a concise argument against this line of reasoning in a Reason.com article by Professor Ian Salmon of George Mason Law School entitled Perils of Democratic Socialism. He wrote, What our American democratic socialists are proposing is doomed to fail because they are not emulating the Scandinavians' model whereby they have comparatively large welfare states combined with low levels of regulation and high openness to international trade. Instead, the Bernie Sanders and AOC brainiacs are advocating the combination of a large welfare state with a high level of regulation on the private sector, which includes unconstitutional minimum wage mandates, which none of the Nordic nations have. If you'd like more details about the Nordic democratic socialist systems, check out episode 32, The Truth About Socialism, part 2. So what happens when you ask these same folks how they plan to pay for all this free shit? They employ a similar evasive tact. As you can imagine, there's no critical thinking involved when your goal is to pander, so they give very little thought to the idea of paying for their lunacy. Hell, estimates of annual spending for single-payer health care, free college, and a guaranteed federal job is around $4.2 trillion. What's another $4 trillion among comrades? See, the problem is the math doesn't work. You cannot tax the rich enough to pay for all this stuff. Take free health care. Who pays the doctors? Who pays the landlords? Who pays the electric bill? Who pays the supplies? Who pays the support staff? Who pays for the equipment, the pharmaceuticals, the facility maintenance? Who pays to build new facilities as the population grows? Or maybe there won't be a need since the population will cease to grow due to crappy health care. If I may inject the morality question here, who suffers the consequences when wait times to see a physician increases? When rationing of medical supplies and services ensues? When medical innovation decreases? When you have no recourse other than to call a bureaucrat when a problem arises regarding your health care. What about free college? Who pays the tuition, the room and board, the fees? Who pays the burgeoning bureaucracy? You know what I mean, the dean, the assistant dean, the associate assistant dean, the administrative assistant to the associate assistant dean, the professors. Who pays the electrical bill, supplies, support staff, equipment? Who pays for facility maintenance? With the exception of Bernie Sanders, who, like Walter Mondale during the 1984 election, unabashedly looks us in the eye and says, I intend to raise your taxes for all my free stuff. Most of the time, this question is deflected with a pandering, yet somewhat truthful retort such as, well, we already have a national debt of $22 trillion. What's the big deal? Some even flat out say, well, just print the money. Or they resort to a favorite refrain designed to deflect the question, healthcare is all right, we will find a way. Or, in a country as wealthy as America, higher education is a right. 
everything is alright, and soaking the rich is the favorite solution to funding the giveaways. Listen to episode 36, The Truth About Billionaires, for a deep dive on this topic. So, what are the takeaways from this episode? What I would say is, see the cries for free stuff for what they are. The lowest of the lowest methods of getting votes. It's pandering, it's immoral, it's deceitful, and it plays on the most destructive parts of human nature. Envy, jealousy, resentment, and entitlement. You cannot circumvent the laws of economics, and the people that advocate for doing such should be resoundingly rejected by the electorate. Quite frankly, reporters and voters alike should laugh in the faces of Kamala, Bernie, Elizabeth et al. They are an embarrassment to the founding principles of this country. Meritocracy, personal responsibility, self-reliance, entrepreneurism, and taking care of your family and your community. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.